Our epistle reading is from the second letter to the church in Corinth, from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 11 to 21. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us, so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, Therefore all have died, and he died for all. And those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. John Howard Yoder says this about baptism. Baptism introduces or initiates persons into a new people. The distinguishing mark of this people is that all prior, given, or chosen identity definitions are transcended. We are, this morning, still in our series, reflecting on the markers of the body of Christ. What does the community of believers brought together in unity in Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit look like? Or rather, what is it supposed to look like? It doesn't always hit the mark perfectly, does it? Today's corporate practice of focus is baptism. And we talked about baptism a little over a month ago on Baptism of Our Lord Sunday. But today I want to talk about it a little bit more. What does it look like to be baptized into a community that is so very different than the rest of the world? or at least one that is supposed to be so very different than the rest of the world. What does it mean to set aside our old identity and embrace our identity in Christ? Specifically today, what does that mean in the context of our relationships 
with others. In our baptism, we are brought together into a community that treats one another differently, that treats those around us differently. I'm sure you've all noticed this through the past year or so, but people are pretty hard to put up with sometimes. Even the people we love the most will drive us up the wall if we aren't careful. I'll be totally honest with you and say that sometimes I am completely and utterly baffled by why God puts up with us. We're a mess. We bicker over stupid stuff. We can't figure out how to take care of each other. We are completely wrecking our planet and don't get me started on things like war. In short, humanity makes it way easier to point out many of the things the body of Christ shouldn't look like than what it should. And it's much easier to point out what everyone else is messing up than what you yourself are messing up, isn't it, dear friends? These days, it's tempting to just give up hope for humanity. I can't speak for all of us, but I am tired, and I know that many of you are too. I'm tired of everyone being on edge. I'm tired of preaching to a camera. I'm tired of having to reinvent all the wheels all the time, day in and day out. I'm tired of watching friends and family tear each other down and stop talking to each other. I'm sick and tired of masks and hand sanitizer, and I am especially sick and tired of Zoom. I'm exhausted, and I'm over it. But then, just as we're ready to throw in the towel and give up on humanity, we are reminded of this. And I'm going to read the message translation of this passage this time just to change it up a little bit. This is verses 19 and 20 of 2 Corinthians 5. God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. We're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. God's already a friend with you. Or how about this, the God's word translation. In other words, God was using Christ to restore his relationship with humanity. He didn't hold people's faults against them. And he has given us this message of restored relationships to tell others. Therefore, we are Christ's representatives, and through us, God is calling you. We beg you on behalf of Christ to become reunited with God. Or just one more for good measure, let's throw in the New Living translation 
For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Well, shoot. Our job as Christ's ambassadors in the world is to never give up on the people around us. It's our calling as those saved by Jesus and joined together in the waters of baptism to see in others what God sees in them, to love them and share that message of love with them, to give up hope in the world and the people around us. It's giving up hope in our own salvation to stop telling the story of hope because we're sick and tired of a sick and tired world. That is to give up on the one friend who will never block us from social media, no matter how much we deserve it. To fail to live fully into our calling to be reconcilers, peacemakers, bringers together of people that is giving up on our identity as the body of Christ in the world. The thing that is to set us aside from the rest of the world is the very fact that no matter how unredeemable humanity seems, no matter what sort of crazy, angry nonsense is happening, no matter how much people yell, whine, stomp their feet, argue, or worse yet, ignore us. We are still there to offer forgiveness and to work toward reconciliation. Because no matter what sort of crazy angry nonsense we have participated in, no matter how much we yell, whine, stomp our feet, argue, or ignore God, God is still there to offer forgiveness and reconciliation. If you are fasting for Lent, or you are building in one or two of the other disciplines we've been talking about in witnessing God at work over the past few weeks, I want to commend you for that. Keep up the good work. But if you are struggling to find something that speaks to you this year, take heart. It's not too late. Maybe you're struggling to feel like we ever left Lent last year. Maybe you just haven't gotten to it. Even if you are diligently practicing prayer or meditation or fasting or study, whatever the case, maybe none, if you take no other practice to heart this Lent, take this one seriously. Reconciliation, because we are reconciled. When I was about my son's age, 12 or 13, those big color block sweaters were in style. 
My family didn't have a whole lot of money to spare when I was a kid. So when my mom bought me one at the beginning of the school year, I was one very happy and stylish camper. And because it was so rare that I actually got a new article of clothing that was in fashion, when I had one that was, I wore it all the time. It's not like I was going to wear an old VBS t-shirt to school when I had that super rad sweater. But it was middle school, and middle school kids are mean. And this one girl one day called me out in the middle of algebra class for no reason. I was just on the other side of the room minding my own business when she started talking real loud about how lame it was that I wore that same sweater all the time. Is she that poor that she only has the one sweater? In retrospect, this could have something to do with the overrun state of my closet these days, but I'll save that train of thought for my therapist. Anyway, I was mortified, but not as mortified as I was a few months later when she and her family walked into our church one Sunday morning and plopped themselves down into a pew like they had been sitting there for years. Who did she think she was? What business did a person like that have in my church? Someone so mean. What I would have loved to do was pretend I didn't see her and ignore the situation entirely. But as the pastor's kid, no dice. I tried, for the record, to ignore her and pretend she wasn't there because she was not my kind of person. But my mom excitedly pointed out to me, as if I hadn't already noticed, look, a new family came today and they have a daughter just your age. Maybe she goes to your school. Am I right, kids, that moms are so clueless? Here's the thing I learned, though, as I spent the next few years forcibly getting to know this mean girl who made fun of my sweater. She was every bit as self-conscious as I was. Her family had been through some very hard times, and they were seeking a safe space in which to heal together. And our church became that place for them. Over those years, she became one of my dearest friends because we had a chance to sit down and listen to each other. She was one of the people I cried copiously with when I was 16 and my family moved back to Pittsburgh. And while in this case I was forced to get to know her and build a relationship because I wasn't allowed to not go to youth group and she just kept showing up, I still learned an important lesson about church community through that experience. We don't get to choose who Jesus gathers up and brings into the waters of baptism. And we don't know everyone the way we think we do. So seek reconciliation with others. You might just find your new best friend. Who is it that just rubs you the wrong way or does things in a way you don't like or don't understand? 
Don't scold them for it. Go ask them to tell you why they do it that way. You might learn a thing or two. Who have you hurt? Go ask for forgiveness. Be humble. Who has hurt you? Go ask them to share their story with you. You'll usually find out they didn't mean to hurt you or that you hurt them first without meaning to. We're going to talk about the steps for doing that next week, but for this morning, the point is this. Give others the benefit of the doubt, because to lose your hope in other people is to lose hope in yourself. And when you lose hope like that, you leave a painful, lonely gap between yourself and our uniting God. Hopeful saints who seek reconciliation in all things are rarely truly lonely. People are drawn to and changed by hope. Hope is what binds us together. Seeing others in the most hopeful and positive way possible affords them the chance to show you what exactly it is that Jesus loves about them. That's what baptism is. It draws us in and connects us through hope. And that is the new and different of this community that is formed through baptism. If you are feeling frustrated with humanity right now, the faithful solution is not to give up on it, but to embrace it. Remember that we are all living intricate, complicated lives, There are very few people in your life who you have more than just scratched the surface of. This is one of the reasons we must stop to listen to the stories of others around us. And it's also why we must always look at others through the eyes of hope and love that Jesus does. This is the message that a baptized community proclaims, regardless of who walks in the door or walks past the door without stepping in. God thought they were worth it, and God knows them way better than you do. Amen.